Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back, welcome back. This is day 28 of the Proverb Day Challenge and today I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 28 and I'm reading from the New Kingdoms Version. Hope you can follow along. And it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. Those who seek the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoever keeps the law is discern, is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. One who increases his possessions by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will pay the poor. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit but the blameless will inherit good. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor who has understanding searches him out. When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory, but when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. A man burdened with blood shed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Whoever walks blamelessly will be saved, but he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows favority will have poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with a tongue. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, It is no transgression, the same is companion to a destroyer. He who is of a proud heart steers up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have curses. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. And 
we're seeing a lot of uh, flip side, a flip side of both the good and bad. So I like what the Bible does. It gives you like a a choice. It gives you a choice. No one is going to force Jesus on you. No one is going to force, you know, being a Christian. No one is going to force you to read the Bible. But the Bible actually gives you choose, but I don't want you to choose blindly. I'm giving, I'm laying down like the whole truth for you. When you do good, these are the things that you get. When you do bad, these are the consequences. So it's more like a a deeper understanding of, you know, both the flip side of good and the flip side of bad. And honestly, most of them, you know, just tell on themselves. Very straightforward. But I'm going to pull out a few that stood out for me and the lessons that I got from those. And first one really calls us to be bold in the Lord. And it says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So are we being bold to walk with the Lord, even when circumstances say otherwise? And honestly, the wicked are very paranoid. They flee when no one is chasing them. And their mind is constantly troubled because they have so much to hide. It's like when someone calls you and they're like, hey, did you pick up this? And you're thinking, what, was it this? Was it that? Because there's so many things that you have most likely, you know, done throughout the day. I feel like that's how a brain of a wicked person is. For any time they're trying to hide, they're trying to, you know, cover up their stains. But the righteous people, on the other hand, are as bold as a lion. They have nothing to hide, nothing to fear. So they're like, what come may? I didn't do anything wrong. But for the weekend, they're thinking, for anything that happens, I am probably going to be caught in my wrongdoing. And the other verse that stands out for me is verse 6. It says, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Now, as, as just like, I feel like as any human desire, we all desire to have a different level of wealth or, you know, comfort. Uh, but here the Bible is telling us better to be poor, but walk in integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. And I think it just makes sense. It just makes sense that you hold integrity to the highest level. Now, integrity for me in simple terms is whatever I do in private, I should be able to do in public too. Like if in my home I clean up, I talk to the people in my home nicely, then I ought to do the same in public, not to have two shades of who I am. To me, that is a high level of integrity of what you do when no one is watching should be the same thing you do when everyone is watching. For whatever you do when everyone is watching should be the same thing you do when no one is watching. And as Christians, integrity should be the key to the way we live than, you know, quick wealth than getting quick wealth. Because here it's telling us, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So let's hold ourselves to the highest level of integrity so that people can also be able to trust us, to be confident and know that we are not two-faced people, but what we say is what we do, and what we do is what we say. And the other verses that stood up for me are verse 7 and 9. And verse 7 says, Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. And verse 9 says, 
one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And the common ground here I see is knowing and keeping the law of the Lord. And what is the law of the Lord, you may ask? These are the commandments of the Lord, the things that are written in the Bible that we ought to live by as Christians. It could be the Ten Commandments. It could be the two greater commandments in the New Testament that Jesus gave us. And all these things that the Bible keeps telling us to live by and as a Christian and also as to follow Christ. So keeping and knowing the law are one of the greatest things. And I like what verse 9 says, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And David said in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If you turn away your ear from hearing the law, even your prayer becomes an abomination. And the greatest example here you can see is David himself. When he was falling short, when he walked in sin, when he slept with Bathsheba, he did not clearly hear from the Lord. And he thought he was doing everything right, but he was walking in sin. And God hates sin so much. So when you're dwelling in sin, even when you're a Christian, it kind of uh, puts like a barrier for God to hear your prayer. And it's just that uh, I'll share a personal testimony. So I struggle with processing things. So if someone angers me, or does something to me. It takes me longer than a normal human being, I guess, for me to process the emotion that comes with it. And I would literally be angry. And at the same time, I'll be praying and saying, oh, Lord, I'm asking you for this. Help me, you know, get over what this person did. But sometimes I would be angry at something or I, I was holding kind of like a grudge, not forgiving and let go of what that person did. And at the same time, I was praying for something huge in my life. And I remember I'd be like, I'm not hearing God. I'm not hearing God. I am praying. It feels like, you know, I feel distant. You can feel that it feels like an, a weird ache, but you don't know how to describe it. It's just like something feels off in my spirit and I don't hear the Lord. And until one time, the Holy Spirit just told me, it's because you're not forgiven. You're not letting go of the anger, even if it is something small. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I am complaining and being angry and not being forgiving to whoever has done me wrong. And that kind of draws God away from us because he hates sin so much. So if we're living in iniquity, he is not going to listen. And let David be the greatest example. And I was sharing with a friend last night and I told her, I really thank God that yesterday I was angry, meaning the day before I was mad at something, but I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't sleep. And I remember sitting on my phone watching through so many TikToks and just saying, Lord, just help me go to bed. Just help me get over what has happened. I don't want to sleep. And wake, and wake up feel, you know, frustrated. And before I knew it, it was midnight. I was like, why am I still awake? It is midnight. And I remembered, I was like, because I was holding something. And I was like, what is it again? But I had forgotten it. It was one of the weirdest, but yet beautiful things that I had already forgotten what had made me angry. And I remember sitting and I'm like, 
well, it feels good not to hold anything in my heart. And I went to bed. I woke up, continued with my regular life. I had gotten over whatever had happened. And I was telling my friend, till now, I can't remember what had made me angry. But I feel a lot better. I slept well. And it was it was good. It feels good to actually know that the Lord is helping you through one of your greatest, greatest areas in your life, which could be forgiveness, holding on onto things for long. And it's such a testimony. For me, it is such a huge testimony because I have seen both the sides of me holding onto something and the Lord doesn't hear me. I feel bothered throughout the day. I feel like my spirit is not right. Then, now that the Lord sees me through my anger, and he walks me through it, and he even makes me forget it, so I can easily let go and forgive. Now, this doesn't mean that you totally forget, because later that evening yesterday when I was talking to a friend, I remembered what it is. I'm like, yeah, this is what got me angry. I remembered, but it wasn't bringing back the memory of the anger or you know, the the frustration that I felt. It's just because I remembered what happened, but the emotion did not come with it. And that, for me, is a huge, huge thing in my work with the Lord. It has been something that I've struggled with because I am an introvert. I do not like to talk a lot. I, you know, like to keep things to myself. So most of the time, that bothers me because I'm sitting along with all my frustrations. But the Lord has been kind. And it's such a huge testimony for me that, you know, he can help me through my iniquity. And he sees me for who I am. It, it, it really makes me happy. And now I know that my prayer will not be an abomination because I am holding into the slightest sin. And the other verse that stands out for me is verse 12. And it says, When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. There is joy in being righteous. There is joy in knowing that you're right with God. And that is all that matters. So for me, that is like my biggest flex of I need to have things right with God no matter what any man says. Because I want to have a right relationship with God. Me and God should be good before me and any other man, even my husband, are good. So to me, that is like, it gives me hope to know that there is joy in being righteous and walking rightfully with the Lord. And also the other verse that that stands out for me is verse 13. It says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses, and for sex, them will have mercy. And confessing your sins and turning away from them is the ultimate way for total obedience and forgiveness. And we have been doing a women's ministry training. And the lady who has been taking us through the training, she said, forgiveness is hard because it is obedience to the Lord. It is not obedience to man. Because some people that we forgive don't even ask for the forgiveness. (laughs) So it is not obedience to man that I asked you to forgive me so you cannot forgive me. No, it is obedience to God to forgive. And here it tells us to confess our sins and turn away from evil. No matter what that looks like to you. And honestly, the only way sin can be blotted out out of us 
is to confess and forsake it. And it's also affirmed in First John 1, 9. So let me say you have been stealing. You're a thief. And here you are. You confess your sins. You're like, I'm not doing that again. The ultimate source of actual repentance is to do a 180. Confess, turn away from the sin, and never do it. So I hope this can relate in your life. And now as human beings, we ought to fall again. But that is where the difference is. You go back and do that again. You confess your sins and forsake them. Then you get tempted again. You do the same thing. Never get weary of confessing your sin and turning away from it. And verse 20 also shows us that hasty wealth is not our portion as Christians. And it says, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So quick wealth is not the getaway. <laughs> it's not the getaway to being very, very wealthy. Nope. The way to being wealthy and being blessed is to be a faithful person. Do what is righteous. Do what is right. And also verse 23 stands up for me. And it says, who he, re he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. And we've come learning about the different ways we can tame our tongues and also what it talks about in James. And here it shows, it has, we've come reading that rebuking someone is a good thing. Especially as a Christian, rebuking someone is a good thing because you're being truthful. Then sweet-talking them and sugar-coating all the ones. But let us be truthful even when it hurts. And the other two verses that kind of coincide together and stood up for me are verse 25 and 26. And they say, he who is... He, he who... He who is of a proud heart steers up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Right? So, trusting in the Lord to make everything right in his own will is not our own making. It is not our own making. Because it says when you're proud... It steers up strife. Oh, I can do this on my own. It steers up strife. But when you trust in the Lord, you will be prospered. And he who trusts in, in his own heart is a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. So let us be prosperous and be delivered by the Lord by trusting in him and not in our own heart. And the, uh, the last verse that really stands out for me and has a big, big picture of being generous is verse 27. It says, He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. And honestly, these following chapters have really been eye-opening to me about generosity, not to overlook someone. And as a person in ministry, we face a lot of... Um, Lying, where people come in disguise of they have a need or in a way of wanting to take advantage, which has made us put up our guard, our guard to feel like I need to protect myself from all these people that, you know, are probably lying or just want to take advantage of the resources that God has given us 
So you feel like you kind of sometimes put up a wall, even when people genuinely have a need because you've been hurt before and you've given in to people taking advantage of you. And sometimes we withhold back being generous in areas. We could have been more generous. And I love that verse 27 encourages us to be generous. So if there's one thing you can do today is find a person who you probably do not know or you will even never see again and be generous to them. It could be the small thing. It could be you're in a, a mall or the store and, you know, buy a coffee for someone who is right next to you or pay their bill or do something, but just be generous. But yeah, these are my greatest takeaways from today. Most of them were really self-explanatory, so take time, maybe before you go to work or before you go to bed to read through and see what the Lord says to you personally. Hope you enjoyed this and you were inspired to live a righteous life and walk with the Lord and thrive in every area of your life. Feel free to share this with all your friends. Let them join us on this Proverb Day Challenge and hope to see you next time. Bye.